0: What is going on, baseball fans? Welcome to a special trade deadline edition of This Week in Baseball presented by Diamond Digest. I'm your host, Jordan Lazowski. We've got a huge crew on tonight. Tavis, Sam, Steven, Joe, Joseph, a six person crew on. I think it's the biggest one we've had, I think probably since the last trade deadline. I feel like we kind of expanded at that point in time. But with so much to talk about at the trade deadline, plenty to talk about and plenty of different experts from plenty of different teams. We'll talk a little bit about the standings, but really get right into the trade deadline, talk about what's happened today, how that affects the season moving forward for a lot of the fringe playoff teams, as well as the um, guaranteed playoff teams as well. But before we go anywhere, since Tavi is a new member to Diamond Digest, not only um, the podcast, but Diamond Digest in total, wanted to give her a chance to introduce herself to all the listeners.
1: Yeah, hi, it's uh, Tavi. I live in Los Angeles. I'm a Dodgers fan. Um, I've done work with sports unions in the past on their social media, but now I'm just kind of more as a fan. Uh, I've written for about two years in baseball, in and out, and i um, looking forward to, uh, sharing some opinions and hearing some interesting opinions. And, uh, in my day job, I actually work to restore historical baseball equipment for a prop house. Um, so most days I am elbow deep in, like, some really old shin guards or, like, my hands are usually really, like, covered in dye and gross. So. <laughs> so I'm actually clean today. It's nice. I took a shower for you guys. You should feel special. <laughs> I
0: appreciate it. Much appreciated. All virtually <laughs> and everything. But that's actually a really cool job. I did not know that was your uh, full-time job. It's really oh, awesome.
1: I love it so much. Uh, of course, it's like every job, but it has its frustrations. And um, I don't just do baseball, but that was what I was hired to do. Was to, they have an extensive historical baseball collection. They did work on... um eight men out a league of their own, the original and the pilot, uh, 42, 61, um, most basically any big historical baseball, the sandlot, um, I'm going to quickly plug my TikTok. I actually found one of the Sandlot balls, test balls, that they made with Babe Ruth's signature on it. So that was pretty cool. Uh, TikTok's the same the same user as my, as my Twitter. Uh, but, yeah, it's a really cool place. It still has its frustrations, especially today when I was trying to – here's a good segue – follow all of the trade rumors. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's
2: yeah. coming through, the scam
1: <laughs> What? <laughs>
2: I yes. I was look I was looking up to TikTok. I don't know what you guys are doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not as clean on those, don't worry.
0: <laughs> well, Tabby, welcome again. Excited to have you. Excited to have someone with such a cool experience outside of just writing. Um, again, adding to our very big but also very talented team here. Uh so we're excited to have you and excited to talk about the trade deadline and already first podcast on you're better at segues and transitions than i ever was or ever will be we'll get into the trade deadline right after taking a look quickly at the standings because it will kind of inform what we talk about throughout the trade deadline in the al central the minnesota twins still have uh, about a game and a half or a game lead depending on what happens throughout the rest of the night um, over the cleveland guardians and white Sox, um, in the al east the yankees no surprises there AL West, same thing. Houston, no surprise as the leaders. In the National League, the Mets, a three-game lead over the Braves. Again, subject to change after games this evening. The Milwaukee Brewers hold a slight lead over the St. Louis Cardinals in the NL Central. And in the NL West, Dodgers, no surprise. and a half game lead. Um, San Diego pretty far behind there. But they are kind of the talk of the trade deadline regardless of where they might stand within the division itself, I guess I'll open the floor to maybe our Dodgers fans to start. You know, the, the Juan Soto piece is obviously the biggest piece of the trade deadline. I, I think from there, everything kind of builds off. It, it doesn't make sense to start anywhere else. If you're a Dodgers fan, how do you react to that situation? What, what does that do for you to now say, well, in, in a season of 19 divisional games... I got to see Juan Soto 19 times four at bats. You got to see him. The
1: more. Thing. We actually get to see him now. You know, we get to see him play. We didn't get to see him very often um, because, you know, blackouts and things like that. Um, look, I am a fan of collecting all the infinity stones, right? Like I we I want everyone in the Dodgers. That's but that's what every team wants. They want everyone there. But we also know what happens when you get all the infinity stones, right? Bad things. Um, I think he was he was a want and not a need. I think with James Outman coming up and going seven for eight in his first two games as a Dodger, his first at bat was a home run. We've got Chris Taylor waiting in the wings, we've got May, we've got Gratterall, we've got Bueller, we've got uh, Trinan coming back. I like to think that we're saving our cash for Trey Turner's extension. Uh, they had said pretty publicly that they weren't going to extend him during the season. That the, and, and, and Dave Roberts has dropped hints the whole time that he likes the guys that we're with. Of course, Juan Soto would have been a great get. Am I frustrated that he went to the Padres? Yeah, but it's also the Padres. Uh, so, you know, let's hope he stays Juan Soto and doesn't let their team doctors get a hold of him.
3: Yeah, like the baseball fan of me is excited to see Juan Soto more often. I am terrified as a Dodgers fan to see Juan Soto more often. I don't want to do this, but I think the Padres are one injury away from completely collapsing. They traded away all their depth, their farm systems barren. One injury to Tatis, to Machado, to Soto, to Cronenworth, any of the arms in that rotation. This team is going to fold like a house of cards.
1: Tatis is already fragile
3: strength, right now, too. At full strength, these two teams are going to have some of the best series in baseball.
1: Yeah, and
0: I, I think when you view it from San Diego's perspective, too, you almost have to do things like this every year. You almost have to try and buy everything you possibly can to the deadline, because you essentially have to put together a 100-win team right now if you're going to try and compete in the division. I mean, what if they're 59 and 46 that's probably first place in at least two or three other divisions. <laughs> yeah, at Central. least both AL and NL Central. <laughs> like That's good enough to be in first place in a lot of places, and you're an 11, an 11 and a half games back right
3: now. It you took 106 to wins that. to take the divisions from, from the Dodgers last year. Exactly. You have like, to be perfect.
1: I mean, and look where the Giants are right now. It took literally all of their veterans performing at top – notch with no injuries. And I think maybe like a blood goat sacrifice for that to happen, right? (laughs) The other thing I'm looking at is that the Padres have a decent farming system, right? I saw somewhere... They fell to like 27th or 28th with the trades that they made. So like they are selling their future down the line to try and win now. I don't think they're looking at 2022. I think they're looking at 2023, which is very reasonable. You got Tatis back at full strength for a full season, hopefully if he stays off the motorcycle. Um, And you've got, you know, you've got Machado for a few more years. You've got all these pieces that are lining up. I think they're going to threaten this year. I think they're going to try some things out this year. I think they have eyes on 2023, which is smart, but they don't have their eyes on 2028 or 2029. That's for sure.
4: I'm on the yeah. fangrass farm ranking real quick because I just wanted to like affirm what you were saying there. And yeah, wow. Padres dropped. I don't know where they were before. I'd assume higher way higher than this. But now they're at twenty-five <clears> smushed <throat> between the Tigers and the Phillies. And the Nats jumped all the way to eight. And I think they said that if you included Gore, who recently graduated, they would be five. Yeah. So it, I you know, think he did. He I think he
1: sport. was in the trade. At least I saw he was, yeah, he was. Resident, yeah.
4: And it yeah. ends up being Voigt and not Hosmer. Yeah. And that NAT system was barren before this deal, and jumps all the way to top ten. So I mean,
2: they, show. like if you're the Nationals, you sell out for that 2019 series, mm-hmm. and oh surprise, another generational talent that you can obviously they shouldn't have traded Juan Soto. You trade Juan Soto, you can you base you get a core of a team ideally for five for like five plus years.
1: They're also getting new ownership, so maybe. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe they're kind of wanting to clean house. Maybe they're wanting to, I can't remember where that deal is right now, but maybe they're kind of setting them up to be like, you know, new franchise, new team. Yeah. But, but aside
3: know. from Mackenzie Gore, I think every piece in that trade is older than Juan Soto. <laughs> Juan,
1: <laughs> Juan Soto sets Juan. you up better. Juan, like, there's everybody else. And then there's Juan Soto, right? Marcus Stroman said it like he is, he's the guy, he's the guy. And he is the guy that you sell your farm system for, you know?
2: Okay. Robert Hassel III is 20. <laughs> Two. What do you mean? He was born in 2001. No,
3: two people, Gore and Hassel. Oh,
4: yeah. ah, we're going to be getting to the draft class where I'm older than all the players and I'm not ready for that midlife crisis. Dude, it doesn't get as any long better. As, Rich I Hill's,
1: as long as Mitchell's <laughs> still going, man, we're going dra- to keep Mitchell <laughs> cooking around the league, right?
4: Absolutely.
2: He can never retire. It's, like, yeah, it's, like, it's like Jamie Moyer's 10 year retirement tour. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I will say, Steven, that doesn't get any better as I've gone through it and been like, especially with oh, the White Sox rebuilding, like seeing guys like at that age and becoming that age, and you're like, oh, I'm about their age too. <laughs> now I'm older than them, and then it really 20, hurts you when you.
3: I'm 25. It, it, Padres need some farm system debt. My phone number is available. I'm 25 you as well. I'm guys. still useful. I you start to see guys. your <laughs>
5: You see guys your age, and you're like, "Can I throw 90? And then it just it's, it's not like, "Can
1: bad. I even
0: lift my arm anymore?"
1: <laughs> I, can I can throw, throw ninety down, <laughs> down. I can throw ninety like down a canyon, like I'm gonna
2: need you geezers to stop talking.
0: You know what? <laughs> I, I'm going I had to mention it because I, I I realized it this year, and I'll make this point and then shut up. As a coach this year, I was coaching high school. We had a kid who was like in talks to potentially get drafted. Um, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I am, I can't imagine being that good at baseball. And, and I can't imagine the fact that I'm now coaching kids who are that good at baseball. It's wild. But anyhow. Yeah, congratulations. Did he get, That's did a he big get deal. Picked? Yeah. He did not get picked. He's honoring his commitment to Notre Dame. It was Esteban. Uh, um, I mean, he's got anymore.
1: time. He's got so much time.
0: Yeah. He, they're not, they're and not going to
1: stop looking at him just because he went to college.
0: <laughs> no which is it's just cool to see that process for him and as an outsider obviously i'm sure he was stressed as all heck um throughout that process but anywho back to the trade deadline and a bunch of players that are younger than me and will continue to be younger than me outside of the one soto piece i guess we'll start with everyone's winners and losers from the deadline and then i do want to hear everybody's favorite trade um i'm going to start with joe and just say hey one winner, one loser, and then we'll kind of add beyond that as well.
5: Um, so, winner, and I mean I'm a little biased, but I think the Yankees did a very good job. Um, obviously, with all the Soto rumors, there were rumors that they were going to give up Volpe, Peraza, and Dominguez and if they sold out for that. Um, but they addressed all their needs, outfield, starter, reliever, even though up until the Montgomery trade, I thought they did really well. Um, They kept their future, and I think... I don't think they did enough to win, but I think they definitely did enough to cover all the bases and kind of say that we tried. Um, Losers, definitely the Nats. Um, And I just think, obviously, Soto is the modern-day Ted Williams, and all of us, when we kind of saw the initial... Uh, return package for what they were getting we were like all right where's the rest of it and uh I'm gonna give loser junior to the Padres because they have to pay 43 million of Hosmer's salary as he plays for the Red Sox and I mean you see teams buy out players and have to pay him a couple million here or there but 43 million dollars for a guy to not play on your team I mean that just sucks knowing that your team is trying to trade you away and you don't want to leave, and they're paying to play against you. and It just sucks.
2: For those two hours of suspense of Eric Hosmer that was hilarious. the world in his hand.
5: I would it's have bought an Eric Hosmer jersey had. if he did it. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking, imagine they didn't get rid of him. It's like him in the locker room, and that like trade doesn't yes. go through, and he's just sitting there like yeah. that. That's the most hated man in California. But, then but he it was plays also like Juan Soto.
1: That's such a that's say. such a yeah. crappy position to put him in, though, right? right it's like yeah. they, yeah, they know off. they know what his no trade teams are. They know what they are, and they still went through with it. That to me is just, I. I, tacky I mean, there were rumors too that
3: life was expecting too. You know what I mean? It's not an easy thing to move in that situation.
1: Right. Right. There and were rumors, like, rumors
5: too because he's like covered by Boris that they did that on purpose to then negotiate more money. Cause usually if they push a team through with a no trade clause that they usually ask for more money
4: okay. and I the goal is for him to
5: get more money. Scott, I wouldn't
4: put that past him at all. <laughs> I was going to say like, what's the point of like adding Hosmer because like he definitely worsens your value on the return. If you're the Nationals, and then the Padres are willing to do the same deal with Voit, so it wasn't like you know we feel like you're, we're giving you too much. So let's just take Hosmer to try and like negate some of that. I I, I never I, like looking back on it. It's kind of weird how they include him in that deal, and then we're just so willing to like throw it to the wayside for Voit. so it's
3: charismatic weird. man. How did he oh. get away with that at
5: first, man? I think it's they had their foot the on his like
1: and they were pushing, they were getting rid of him. Yeah, yeah they were just like, anyway.
5: Like, yeah. It's were crazier through. that the Nats like wanted to take his contract and not I get know. rid of Corbin's. Like the whole trade rumor was that they were going to get rid of Corbin with Soto and like kind of clear out the books. And then the fact that they were willing to take him at first and have Corbin on the books and Strasburg on the books. And it's like, yeah, you're last tying up all guy. these money for guys who are just like not worth it. Uh, I mean, not Ted Lerner's money.
3: That infamous athletic yeah. article said that the Dodgers were going to take the Strasburg contract to get Soto. Like they were going I to mean, dump like that contract with it. That makes
5: more sense. Where it's like, if you're going to get a guy with this much control and then lock him up for the future, and he's 23, like you have got to take one of these bad contracts. And the fact they didn't give up either one and gave up Bell, like it just it doesn't make sense yes. to me.
2: I mean, do you think Mike Rizzo, like not just Mike Rizzo, do you think Ted Lerner cares? what's on his books right now, it's not going to be his money in, like... Yeah,
5: that's yeah. that's another thing. Where, like, these new owners kind of just wanted these trades to get through, and it's like, well, we didn't make these trades, we'll figure it out, and just kind of play it off when they get in there.
2: I know, the Dodgers, like, just such so annoyed me. It's like, it's the one team that can get Juan Soto with like for, like, a somewhat reasonable price, like, comparable to the, what the Padres ended up paying for him, and still... Have a good farm system. I
3: was going to say, because I think the offer <laughs> I saw they was was Dustin May, Gavin Lux, Bobby Miller, Andy Pages, and Vargas.
1: Yeah, no way in hell we're doing that trade. How right? did you that, not take that deal? That, that team is like so that.
5: good still. That sounds like a normal deal. Like, that sounds yeah. way right. closer to what yeah. it should be.
1: Yeah. That, you that's still have young. Diego
3: Cartaya in the system. You still have Ryan Pepio in the system. It's still a top ten system. Vivas, after we that. have,
1: yeah, yeah, we have a ton of players coming up. I, but I, I think, I. That's why I don't think the Dodgers were in it seriously because I mean the Dodgers are always going to get run by as like, oh, the expensive team is going to buy people. I don't know how serious they were in on it because again, he was a he was a want and not a need, especially with Outman coming up. Um, and as of right now. Uh at least the last time I checked, we were spanking the Giants five to nothing in the third inning. So, like they're gonna do okay with the why are we team. comparing
2: Outman to Juan Soto?
1: Oh, I'm not I'm not comparing base percentage. Well, if he's got a higher <laughs> on base percentage than literally the whole league right now, he's went seven for eight. But I'm just saying, like, we've got guys who are coming up. No, you're right. Is Outman comparable to Juan Soto? Not right now, that's for sure. He may be the guy. He may not be. I don't know. He's played two games. But we don't have holes is what I'm getting at. We're, mm-hmm. We don't have holes in the outfield except for maybe Cody Bellinger at the bat. But um, like we don't we we don't have that need the way other players do. So I don't think the Dodgers were ever seriously gonna put a, a package together that took some of their youngest players and sent them off to, you know, to another team.
2: Juanto is worth it no matter the price. That's what it comes down to.
1: There's not if no, you're the
3: Dodgers, maybe. He's not even come near his prime yet. You he's, pay whatever it takes to get one photo. I, mean,
5: you give I up. feel like that's tough to say for like bigger <laughs> teams where like I'm thinking about if you're the Yankees and you got to pay this guy, Like Judge is gone. You're not going to pay both of them to play right field. So Judge is gone at the deadline. Then you lose your number one shortstop, Jason Dominguez, probably two pitchers, and it's like, yeah, great. He's one of the best hitters probably ever, but – Every time we lose in the playoffs, it's always because we need another starting pitcher or something in the bullpen. Like, I don't need a guy who's going to walk three times in a series and be like, "Damn, this is awesome." Wish we had another guy who walked like this. Like, I
3: was going to say, like, I know he's
5: good, but it's like you got to figure out what your problems are. And if your problem is not that you don't get on base, it's like who cares how much he's worth? The Giants like, did he's not, not gonna win a team
3: with Barry Bonds, so I see where you're coming from on that one. It's more than just a guy.
1: Yeah. yeah, I and, and that's like again, collect all the infinity stones. I want all the players. If we got one Soto, I'd probably be happy. But the Dodgers are playing to win the division year after year after year after year after year. I don't think we have like, and and you know, yes, we blow through luxury tax sometimes, but like that, that's not sustainable long term. We want to maybe. You know, one of our players was traded for cash considerations. I like to think that's Trey considerations, you know. We we only have half a season left on him right now. I'd love to see him be here longer. Um, we we just we just didn't need him and to to sell off, especially so much pitching when you know, I love Kershaw to death, but he is not going to get younger. And Bueller is a great pitcher, but he hasn't quite lived up to that vaulted potential that he's been yet be it injury be it you know, the sort of thing not necessarily because he doesn't have the talent but he just hasn't he hasn't been that guy yet that kershaw was going to pass the baton to so selling all of our pitching out just doesn't make sense
4: yeah um, a lot of that's people what are, they
1: wanted Side so i know, what team such is such cash
2: considerations on
1: huh what's his
2: cash considerations on and trade it all kinds of times today
1: More oh uh, Seattle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that player to be named later? I thought it was Cash Considerations. It looks like the player to be named later. Then maybe not. Um, maybe it wasn't Cash. It was Cash in one report, but...
5: Plus, it's such a small, like, chance that this ever happens. But with a guy, like, team control like that, like, there's a chance he doesn't re-sign with your team. Mm-hmm. So for you to, like, give up all these prospects and then for him to test free agency and make, like, way more than you're ready to offer, like, you just... Wasted away your future for three years, like it
2: if, if yeah. doesn't happen often. But, like,
5: Especially
1: when we have Mookie bets for like, eleven now, longer and and Outman's under control for how long? And again, I'm not saying he's going to be the same, but he's definitely proven himself that he can make it in the big leagues.
3: Yeah, I was going like, to say he gotta, could be he he could honestly be the next Aquino. We don't know. I'm not taking this hot start. It's, I love it, but I'm not taking this hot start at
5: face value.
1: No, it's adrenaline right now. Yeah, but. And, They're, like, if
5: you think Boris isn't going to tell Soto to at least listen to offers when his time is up, like, you're crazy.
1: Okay, he's going to listen to everyone. entire yeah. negotiation and, and is
5: Bo-
2: Boris
1: doesn't... playing
2: chess with himself.
5: That's what,
1: everything. Yeah, I mean,
2: that, when, like, five of the guys, guys, guys in the trade are
5: his guys. Yeah, everything like, okay, ends up so being so if we include
2: initially, <laughs> we can get the Padres to give him more money.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that's also why... Boris clients don't traditionally do well with the Dodgers because they don't play that game. So
3: any Boris clients on Atlanta, Atlanta by chance?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who was Will Smith's ago, agent? <laughs> Atlanta Will Smith, Astro Will Smith. I mean,
4: I remember like a lot of people were comparing, I'm going to kind of go back to a point here when you're talking about like whether, you know, you don't know if Soto's going to be a free agent. A lot of people like when, like a little while ago, I felt like we're comparing this to like, arenado or goldschmidt we're looking back on it they're like can't miss guys that you could have traded for that really helped you know the cardinals looking back on now but you know that those were like guys who you were going to trade for you were going to extend them so that hurt their value they didn't really get a lot back in retrospect for goldschmidt that you really like i mean at the time they were you know like guys who you thought could have promised. carson kelly had a lot of upside when they traded for when they traded him but you know looking back on there's just not that many guys there whereas with soto not only are you taking on the risk of you're going to have to extend them if you want to get, you know, 17 years of him, how many years he gets, but you're going to have to sell your entire farm for him. So it's a different ballgame, and it's really one we have never seen, or at least I've never seen before. I guess the closest would be like Chris Sale, but, I mean, even that was like such a unicorn thing, and this is like even more of a unicorn thing, it's it's so hard to say.
3: Yeah, because Chris Sale was like the first time, I think, in what, 10, 15 years that the number one prospect in baseball had been dealt.
4: yeah. That sounds about right.
3: But it won him a World Series, so...
4: It did, yeah. I mean, it's worth it, you know. I'm not, I'm not saying Soto won't be worth it for the Padres. It's just you're working in a in a different ballgame. I, I, I feel and like then, the Chris... Laz,
3: you can attest to this more, but would you say Moncada was worth it?
0: Looking back at that trade, I feel like that... It's been Moncada and Kopech. That trade's been worth it. It's an inability for this team to build around...
4: It's a some better return than like thing. Gallo and Odor, which right. is like it's, what else is on the table. Well,
1: you, Gallo's a you, Dodger now, so
4: that's true.
0: Yeah, if you look back at some of the trades that were potentially on the table for those types, or for Chris Sale, even um, Adam Eaton, Jose Quintana, when those trades were coming around, like what they ended up with was a lot better than a lot of the alternatives. Um, so it's when you, the point being, when you make those types of trades, you're getting the guaranteed thing and you're hoping everything else works out because. All you have to do is sign the wrong uh, sign off on the wrong trade, and that looks terrible. Um, <clears throat> <Tatis>. uh, <clears throat> but um, anywho, so winners and losers beyond um, Joe's thoughts. Sam, winners and losers on your end.
2: Uh, the Seattle Seattle one.
0: They just tore your heart out with Luis Castillo. They,
2: they tore my heart out with Luis Castillo. <laughs> but they go from uh, like a fringe team to a team that I think has a has a good shot of beating anyone in the playoffs aside from the Yankees. And the Yankees might randomly lose in the ALDS because they got hot at the wrong time. That's always a possibility. And then, obviously, you're giving up, like, all these shortstops, but, like, they just signed J.P. Crawford long-term. Even if they're better than him, they're stuck with Crawford. They didn't give up much. And then losers... uh I mean, obviously the Nationals lost big. So I'm going to call the Padres a big loser here, not because of Juan Soto trade. The Juan Soto trade, obviously, but they gave they gave they gave up the eighth best pro, prospect in their system for Brandon
4: Drury, and they gave up. They a bunch always other, do that. That yeah. was those super random deals.
2: And then right. like, and then they trade like a bunch of other guys for Josh Hader, who's been like not that good this year.
3: They don't have the pieces in that bullpen of him going two innings in the playoffs, which is his you know, like If you force Josh Hader to go two innings in the playoffs, congratulations. The Nationals the are
2: World Series champions.
3: It's the Nationals are World Series champions. It, it
2: snowballs from there, yeah. Right. Exactly. Josh Hader should have a bunch of honorary World Series rings.
4: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, God. So, Steven, winners and losers. All right. Uh, I've been waiting for this. Um, winners, I'm going to go a little bit unconventional, I mean, not unconventional, really. Uh, the Reds, I would say, they. their goal was to sell, and sell they did. They got a <laughs> lot of, <laughs> I don't want to steal your thunder, Sam, so I'm glad I went after you. Um, they got a lot of really good prospects. The Castillo return was incredible. I mean, that's like what the White Sox got back for their guys um comparably and you know you really don't see that now you really don't see a team buy that high on a, on a player like castillo who's got one and a half years of control who's a very good pitcher but you know that, that's definitely more than what people were expecting and then you look like at what they got for tyler molly uh really good return Molly's a good pitcher but i mean they got a guy in the cusp of the top 100 they got really, two really good depth pieces and they already traded something great to the twins in the offseason for um what's his name, Chase Petty, who I, this stuff is fantastic. We'll see how Those
2: 2027 Reds are going to be unbeatable.
4: (laughs) They have a lot of arms there that are really, really, that are looking really nice than the jury trade was really good. Just don't trade green before the window. (laughs) (laughs) Their goal, I mean, their goal was clear. You know, they went in it, they wanted to sell, and they got a lot of really good prospects. Their farm value catapulted. I'd say they definitely certainly have one of the better farms in baseball and they've always been in that range, but they always have guys up there who are near graduating and they always just end up fluttering between like top 10, 15, top 10, 15, yeah, but they're solidly top 10. right?
2: What's now. the number one farm system right now?
4: Depends on who you ask. I would say. Yeah. I would That's a safe answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's it's ever fluctuating. No,
1: it's, it's like there's three that just kind of trade.
4: <laughs> yeah, maybe um, this year's it, the Dodgers. Maybe this year's the Rays. It's all it's always all over the place. Uh for to say the
1: Dodgers because we didn't go after Soto.
2: Yeah, that Andy Pajez is gonna be a 110 OPS plus guy, and you know it.
4: <laughs> He's better, man. Um, oh. But for losers. Um, hey, I, I, losers I was a little bit, I was debating on because there weren't that many guys traded or this was looked, this sounded like a more meager deadline. I felt like teams were more protective of their players or prospects. And speaking of being protective of prospects, I'm going to put the Mets there. Um, I really don't get what they, what they were doing. They, they got some good bullpen pieces, got some good depth pieces. Um, say what you will about the Vogelback trade. I don't think that's going to hurt them in the long run too much, but they, I mean, this is a team who's, you know, they're, they're really to. Fighting with the Braves for the division, and they're a very good team, and they could make a World Series push. So they get hot at the right time, and they really just did not do as much as they needed to. Um, they short up the bullpen. They got some decent hitting. They got some more decent hitting options. I like Darren Ruff. I like Vogelback. I like Givens a lot. I know well, I watch him. He's really good. Um, but I, they they needed to do more, and it felt like they were just really, really, really wanted to hang on to this farm system, which I don't blame them for doing, but. You know, you have to know when the time is to trade some of these guys, and, and this is the time for them. I mean, they're, they're they're going to be really good for for a little while, I would say. But this team's built on a lot of really good free agent signings, and this this is the time to go for it if you need to. And I I just felt like you know they 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 needed to do more than they did, and it well, looked like they were trending I'm gonna towards. Push. I'm
3: going to push. Steve back Cohen there. said he wanted the Mets to be Dodgers. East, and it's kind of in that transitional period when the um, new ownership group took over for the Dodgers, and they started kind of slowly building up that farm system to where we always have a good system no matter what. Mm -hmm. I think that's where they're kind of at right now, is they want to build the system the way the Dodgers did, so that way you have the prospects to go get a Mookie Betts, a Scherzer, and Trey Turner, and still have a top 10 farm system.
4: I think they're playing the long game here. I think where that goes is, is really from the bottom, though. You need to have a good system to do that. And I think the Mets is I think the Mets is good. But I think as long as you have those in place, you can continue to build those. And I'm not saying they needed to sell a Beatty or Alvarez or someone like that. But I'm just saying that it felt like even with guys like Vientos, you know, like trading one of these prospects is not going to kill you in the long run. And comparably, you want to win at the big league level more. It, it, it felt like they needed to do more for me. So that, that, was, right. that was it for me. And that Alternative- one trade I really like, I'll just throw it to
2: Matt. Alternatively. They just got the best. They were in the lead in the division without the best pitcher on the planet. They just got the best pitcher on the planet back. Touche, touche. I oh, yeah. don't think they'll have. They have. They finally have the Degrom Scherzer one 2 And they were winning without that. They were winning without either of them. So
0: they have. Both. That's the White Sox way, though, right there. You're you should, speaking like a, the best. The best addition we could have gotten at the trade deadline is getting healthy. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Which Dick, Dick DeGrom work. will throw two I months. I get what you're saying, but... <laughs> he'll be electrifying for two months, and then there's UCL, knows, then he'll never be the same.
3: Yeah, August to September. Let's just hope there's a little bit there for October, because yeah. there's going to be some fun pitching matchups in the postseason, oh, yeah. if that's true.
5: Stephen, you've got the answer for this. What happened with the Happ and Contreras stuff? Was Hace Price just like way too high? That was I, I, you know,
4: I've been deliberating on this like for so. Like I, I don't know. It, it was really shocking to me when I found and figure out they weren't going to get traded because I figured as it was nearing, I figured what they were going to do with Contreras was just take the best offer they can find as long as it's better than the qualifying offer, just take it at the end of it at the final hour, and that did not happen. And they had a press conference where I mean, you know, Hoyer basically said. Um, we just didn't get an offer we felt was right, which in pretty vague answer is what you were expecting them to say. But I don't know, you know, it's so hard to say I can't imagine if they if they got an offer that's better than what you'd get for the qualifying offer. Uh, they wouldn't have taken it if they weren't planning on extending him. and it certainly doesn't sound like they are. Um, I'm not really I'm not really sure how that how that trended. Uh, they certainly like I, I said before the you know, this deadline, it certainly felt like a little bit more, there, there was more caution from teams. There was less action. You know, I mean, last year they traded six guys in the span of like two days. You know, this year they traded a couple of relievers, um, and then they were able. I mean, that's that's basically it. that's basically the, their their key selling points were those those few relievers. Um, but you know, it, it's it, it's just it was it was not the seller's market that they thought it was. I guess um, I think that kind of trended towards Hap as well where their asking price was really high and they were like, you know, if we don't get it, we can just keep them. It's no big deal. So that I understood, but Contreras is a really, was a really big shock. I, I'm, I'm not sure. It, like I got to reiterate. I mean, it just, it felt like, you know, if they got, I, I, it it would shock me if, if they got an offer better than the qualifying offer um, or better than where that pickle end up, that they wouldn't have taken it. It would shock me if that, if that is the case, but you just, you never
5: really know. Yeah, I could have sworn he was a Met.
4: Yeah, I really thought he was going to get. Tra- I, re- I mean, I thought they were just going to bring down the price and just take whichever better was whichever deal is better than the qualifying offer,
5: which felt like what they were
4: going to do with Chris Bryant at the end of it. He was like in the lineup at the la- final game last year, and he got traded like right when the deadline hit. Um, but yeah, no, this he, he's just staying. He's he's here to stay. It, it, it makes the la- it makes the last game at Wrigley uh, that Pir- that Pirates game a little a little bit funny to look back on now, but. You know, it's just it's what happens. I, I really like the returns they got for all the guys they, they, they dealt, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's a huge missed opportunity, but you definitely got to wonder what could have been if they sold them or what offers they were getting for them.
2: Speaking of guys the Cubs traded, they traded David Robertson to the Phillies. The Phillies got a lot.
4: Yeah, they were really going
2: through. They, they had a sneaky like, deadline. They paid a lot, and they got a lot.
3: Their best move, I think, was Brandon Marsh, and I'm not even kidding. Oh, yeah. yeah. They That's need defensive like help out there. Yeah, last and time I checked, that so, entire uh-huh. um rotations ERA was higher than their FIP.
5: Horrible. <laughs> no. It sounds about right. I mean, the outfield was abysmal too. Like Moniak couldn't hit for anything. Harper's obviously gone. Schwarber's like all right. Cassiano stinks. You can't have so, Schwarber and Castellanos playing defense at
4: the corners for a whole season. Yeah. That's just a nightmare. I mean if I'm a petrol, a center fielder who can't hit, I'm praying. Yeah. And then that yeah, sides yeah. on the cake.
2: So just saying, like when like with Castellanos, when the Reds let like everybody leave this past offseason, everyone called them crazy and then oh, no none of those guys have been above average. Except I don't think any of them have actually been like amazing like they were last year.
5: Castellanos Having played a while to sign
2: too. Yeah, and then so,
5: like also having one tool only gets you
4: so far. guard is just so such a good pickup for them. I agree. He he seems like a perfect kind of like mid back end guy that they can work around because they love these like kind of contact managers and sinker sinker ballers. Um and Cindergaard really gets that mold. Even with uh it's just how it goes. Even with the velocity drop, he, he's gonna he's gonna fill out that spot perfectly. You don't need an ace, you got Nolan Wheeler. You have guys to fill it out. You just need a guy who can shore it up for a playoff push because they're competing uh-huh. with two, two big teams in the NL.
3: And even if you make the wild card, that's still not a bad one, two, three to throw in a three-game series either. Oh, well, for sure. I'd take that over quite a few teams still in the race.
2: I mean, they are a sneaky wild card contender right now. Because like, if they, they can are. get in, I think they have a really good shot at like, making it far in the postseason.
4: They've yeah, right. always had a solid rotation. It's just a matter of getting to the playoffs, which they just haven't been able to do.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. Like, is a team built for the playoffs? They just can't mm-hmm. get
4: there.
0: Tavi, winners and losers. What are you thinking?
1: Uh, well, my facetious answer is the biggest loser is Dodger himbo Twitter because we lost Mitch White to the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> And I hope Canada appreciates his beautiful cheekbones. Um, but honestly, like uh I'm I'm in an L West girl. I'm gonna know the most about that. Um the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, uh, the the better the Padres get, uh I think uh the 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 Rockies didn't do any trades. Uh I think the well oh, hold on, I was looking it up. Uh I think uh one trade with Arizona and like uh, the, the, the Kansas city Royals. I, yeah. I just, I just think they all looked at that and, <clears throat> and kind of went, Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, Dodgers, Padres for a while. Giants are going to, you know, pop in now and then. And I think that, uh, their ownership needs to get serious about winning or they're going to, they're going to race to the bottom. Um, so I think, I think anytime that the NL West big three gets stronger, they suffer, and I think it was not a great day for them. Uh, like, a sneaky winner, I mean, I think all of your 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 choices are great, but, like, as a personal thing, I think Joey Gallo won today. He's just getting out of New York, right? Honestly, like, though. Yeah. You know, the he was... I, I slandered
5: that man till the end of the <laughs> earth, but when Joe I read that interview... was
1: the, that the,
0: interview, was the you couldn't walk around in the streets of Manhattan. Yeah, yeah I'm the I'm reason like, he's staying yeah, home. Yes.
5: But, I mean, when I read that interview, like, you just got to feel bad and I like I I wanted to hold out on Gallo for this year for them to ban the shift because I thought like that's the problem and that would help him but like his swing decision is just so bad and like it's it just wasn't working so I'm glad and I hope he figures it out
1: yeah, I mean, I, I've already seen Dodger Twitter like, come get street tacos, you know, it's not going to happen. But, like, you know, people people are excited to see him. I think I it think worked was just a bad fit. Like, sometimes good players in a bad – and it's not like the, the Yankees are a bad team or, like, clearly you can have success there as a player. But sometimes just, like, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work right. You don't mesh with your coaches or, like, you get advice that is good advice but not your advice, you know, that sort of thing. Who knows what it was. Maybe it really was the beard. Like <laughs> – Maybe Dumbo needed the feather yeah. to fly, you know that sort of thing. Um, I just, I'm excited to see what he does. You know, people are already like comparing him to like hopefully have a Max Max Muncy-esque turnaround, like when we got him from the A's. However, Max Muncy-esque turnaround isn't happening for Max Muncy right now. Although he is mashing against the Giants because no one hates the Giants more than Max Muncy. Um, but I like to, I want to see what Gallo does in a new in a new environment. Um, we've heard nothing but praise about the the locker room environment and the Dodgers right now um I'll like a Freddie and Trey and Mookie and Kershaw and like there's it's just good vibes all around maybe that's enough maybe that's enough to kind of reset him and you know let his beard grow out and and I I just think I think he was I think he was done with Newark and Newark was done with him and he needed to get out so he got to he got to trade for the other potential. I mean, I want a Dodgers Yankees World Series. As a baseball historian, I want that so bad. But my God, will Twitter be insufferable? Like my dad <laughs>
3: wants the Dodgers Yankees World Series.
2: I want the Mariners to go to the World Series. So bad. I, I get
1: um, it. They, I get it. They have it's the future
2: just... <laughs> for that. They just traded it all away for Luis Castillo. Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, I think the real winners here are. Uh, the Texas Rangers, they traded away, like, no production from Joey Gallo for, like, a reasonable prospect
5: all. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. half a billion dollars they're spending on that middle infield for a lot of production.
1: I mean, here's the yeah. thing about Corey Seager. Whenever you talked about Good. Corey Seager as a Dodger fan, you always said a fully healthy Corey Seager because – he is great, but he is made of glass. His his long ass hamstrings have no fat on them to protect them, so he seems to be doing okay. I haven't heard about any injuries happening this year, but like a fully healthy Corey Seager is a thing to behold. He's not always I think fully he, healthy. I think he's
4: almost at like thirty homers, and it just amazes awesome. me how his home run count is like that high. Like he just, I don't know, he just doesn't seem like the kind of he's guy. He's a rubber
1: band. There. He's just a rubber band. I say,
3: great <laughs> hips, man. Okay, when he proposition. Opens
2: it up, proposition. Beautiful. Corey Seeger and Zion Williamson start hanging out, and maybe everything will just balance itself
4: out. Oh my lord! But oh, what man. if what if it just you know snowballs into just catastrophe?
3: Then it Can would we get be... Christian McCaffrey there too. Just everybody all <laughs> oh, at once. Whoa! whoa. Let's have a round table. Relax.
4: Relax. Yeah, let's get the injury-proneness
2: round table. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that I feel like either way it'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Sure. I'm just
1: saying, Kyle could have given his brother some of his ass and everything would have been better. But... <laughs> He's not using it now. He's retired. Give it to him. It's
3: R.I.P. my infield full of Seegers dream. <laughs>
1: Dude, that, they have, the, they, the, the, they the they have 20... a cousin?
3: They have oh? another brother that's a first baseman, so it would have been Kyle, know. Corey, and then the brother. No. What's like the his Watt, brother's man. name? Is he any good? I think yeah. he was in single A last I checked.
1: I thought he was out by now. I thought he I thought he'd already retired. I don't know. Um, if you gotta well, say my brother. Like, we could have had turners on one side and maybe seegers on the other. I'm just saying.
2: <sighs> Justin Seeger has been retired for
4: five years.
1: Yeah, he's not in it anymore. <laughs> he's not we, a player. We'd, anymore. Uh,
4: if we got the Seegers on one side and the Turners on the other, we need Jeremy Frank to – help us with the trivia there if that's ever happened.
1: I just don't want to hear like Charlie Steiner try to call that game cuz no one would have the right name. Can the Rogers,
2: <laughs> can the Rogers just be be pitching? Please.
4: Oh my. And Lord. can we have Last
1: Diaz? Cump. Can we have Last Diaz and Elias Diaz behind the plate and he just doesn't know who's the umpire and who's the catcher? <laughs> like <laughs>
4: will smith thrown to will smith
1: exactly (laughs) just go all
4: out just go crazy
1: yeah next year next year forget the all-star game we're going with names
4: exactly
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah instead of the home run derby in the all-star game the name game and the (laughs) bunt contest
1: so like i got so as a baseball historian they used to have crazy things like this it wasn't always the all-star game but they used to have like uh, precision hitting contests and stuff like that. Like they used to have like literally targets out in the field where you could like go and hit it. And there was a, uh, there's a TV show. I cannot remember the name of it, but they would have like all-stars jump in and they would do like shooting gallery games with bats and stuff like that. And like, you know, throwing games and things like that. So there's absolutely precedent for really fun stuff like that. And I, like I did the all-star actually, I was going to show you guys, uh, one of the free gifts Uh, if you went to the all-star game here was actually a replica of the all-star game ring. If you want to see. Oh yeah, I got that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a little more class ring, Justin's than I expected, especially (laughs) after seeing some of the world series rings. but it's, it's a really cool thing. But um, the futures game was way more fun than the all-star. Oh, no, tell me about
4: it. Tell me about it. I actually got to meet um, the only, (laughs) only Cubs prospect. who was playing was Pete Crow Armstrong. I got to meet his parents. Which
1: oh, was nice. really awesome. Oh,
4: yeah,
1: man. nice. And yeah, honestly, of the off softball game was a little more fun than-
4: <laughs> Oh my god, I, I wasn't there.
3: Ooh, when I heard only it. Was when Bad Bunny was Bunny. Here on the. Uh, so,
4: oh,
1: so well, Bad Bunny, Big Poppy came out and hit for him. He had people like coming out for him. It was great. Uh, we did oh. have one girl rush rush the field and try and try and get to Bad Bunny, and uh, but no, it was great. It was it was a fun atmosphere and stuff like that. But like the All Star game itself was kind of like. That's cool, but no one's gonna ruin their career trying to make an amazing play on the All-Star game, right? I, like so
2: Again, I think both Seedlick had the right idea. The All Star game should have stakes.
1: Yeah. Yes, I, was oh, gonna gonna say, I missed save. when it mattered. I mean, Rob Manfred making a bad call is what par for the course. So <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think home field advantage for the All Star game was a bad idea.
1: That was, were- much, yeah. Of- yeah.
2: that was a bit
4: much, but still money irritating. Yeah. People 103 like money. win when Cobb is not getting home field advantage. I mean, like,
2: could I have been like... at game seven, man. I mean, there's
4: like some <laughs> I think they I should have play better the... all-stars. The
2: all-star <laughs> game should be played like a real game. Yeah, like this the starter I don't should go have... a few innings.
0: My thing is then if you make it to where it has incentive, you should no longer be doing the every team gets a per- guy. Oh, yeah, yeah then, a you're role your role sure. te- then you're not putting for your best. Then you're not putting your best team out there if it has to mean something. Now it's like, yeah, whatever. Put whoever you want in. Right. Yeah, that's Put not jo- what I said on Twitter when there. Dylan Season didn't get in, don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, it's like for now, I mean
1: whatever. Will Smith and Freddie Will Dodger Will Smith and Freddie Freeman sat out the all-star yeah. game. So if, if is it no the all-star now, star game? Yeah. That's not so. to downplay the guys who made it because they they are clearly great players and like but it's the same thing. It's like if it's gonna be the Oscars, which even the Oscars aren't the Oscars, we can get into that later. But like, you know, I, I will say this about Bud C. Like, I don't think he was a great commissioner. He at least liked baseball. Um
0: I think that feels like the pretty common thing about Seelig versus Manfred at this point is, like, who
3: actually likes baseball?
0: (laughs) Um, But, Joseph, I think you haven't gone for winners and losers. Your thoughts?
3: Winners, Seattle, clearly. Had a great tread deadline. They're probably the 1B to Houston's 1A out west. Losers, just for not selling, San Francisco. You clearly are not going to compete with the Dodgers and Padres going forward. Just build that farm up and wait a few years.
1: I mean, they traded for JD again. Davis, didn't they? Like they did a trade with uh,
3: Darren Ruff, Darren JD Ruff, Davis, Davis, and then Davis another and prospect. A couple, of
1: the three pitchers, I mean, San Francisco, three pitchers. It looks that like. is a hey, Davis. we
3: did something trade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> boy, yeah, but you boy. Have gotten
3: something for Rodon. You could have gotten something for Peterson. Yeah. I was, I was thinking, yeah,
4: Peterson like the Giants, we like anywhere. The Giants were in the unique position of you could justify them buying or selling, but they really didn't do either. That kind—I mean, they kind of sold, but you know, they—they They just made—they the,
1: made a lot of trades. Trevor Rosenthal went to the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but like
4: that's like more minor stuff. Like you're yeah. talking like stuff that moves the needle, even just a little bit. You know, like yeah. kind of what the Phillies did. They're in a pretty similar spot, buying for a wild card. Um, and you're you're and you just compare those two, and it's vast.
2: Yeah, similar to what the uh, noted last place Red Sox did.
4: Yes. And they just
2: kind of, yeah, like, they were just all over the it's joint. Like, so funny that the Red Sox aren't in last place. I love it so much.
1: Are they still at like 500? Like, what? Yeah, a, five- but at the same time, what a division. Like, when you're yeah, last I place know. person is at 500.
4: And you expect know, oh Baltimore
2: gosh. to, I think, like, Baltimore trading, like, Baltimore made the right call.
1: Yeah.
4: You have teams yeah. in the hunt for the wild card and the AL selling. It's like, you know, it, it's it was, it was quite the extravaganza. And then you have, like, the White Sox who are, like, about the same as both of them, and they kind of bought, didn't really sell. Um,
0: See, that's why... I'm wait, wait. surprised we got through winners and losers without the White Sox being I didn't want to be because they I almost said the, I did I did almost nothing.
4: the White Sox. I felt that, like that was too easy of an answer. This is the last White Sox <laughs> rant
2: timer. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm surprised. I'm just...
0: I'm t- I keep saying I'm too apathetic to care, and then I go on rants like every single
4: time. It brings um, it brings out your true colors. I don't
1: think it I does. Do. It just, it, who's even For, still on the White Sox right now? Like, okay. I listen. Well, my thing with
3: Chicago is is like 2021 was your best chance to you know, do something, and you and this year you had to do like a Brave style buy last year to right. like make it worth it to justify this rebuild, and you didn't do that.
0: You, you just didn't, well, you didn't, you didn't do anything. Well, like, someone
1: th- in Chicago won the billion dollar Powerball. So hopefully maybe, maybe. Hopefully
5: they can buy out TLR.
1: <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, if you're out there and you're listening, winner, uh, you, you, you've got a public service. Also, <laughs> in, invest
5: high- in I digest. Mean, <laughs> Realistically. And like this, as much as it sounds like a joke and it's not, I feel like you can't be confident as a White Sox fan with Larusa in the dugout. No matter, like, no, you can't. There's like, you have to make a lot of moves and do a lot of things where you can feel okay with that man, like making decisions with what's going to happen. I mean, Laz, you obviously know better. Tell me if I'm wrong, but it's just like it's a scary <laughs> thought knowing he's like behind whatever is going to happen.
0: I wish I could tell you you were wrong. It's it's a. It's a flawed roster. Don't get me wrong. It is a flawed roster Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that needs some retooling in the offseason. It's clearly shown, like, whatever happened last year, the the team just stopped hitting home runs. So, at the end of the day, not doing anything at the deadline, like, let's just say they went out and got, like, Ian Happ. Ian Happ doesn't fix the fact that, like, all of the power hitters forgot how to hit home runs. Like, he doesn't fix that the true issues on the team but at the same time to do nothing kind of signals that in the middle of your contention window you're fine with just we'll get whatever we get out of this season and then maybe retool in the offseason like don't waste any prospects now we might use them in the offseason which is it sounds okay but you you just don't punt seasons in the middle of your contention window like
3: yeah, on, and I feel like- on, yeah, that's Fury, what that works did last year hot like- low on Soler and Rosario and I hate Eddie Rosario with a burning passion and <laughs> Soler won World Series MVP. Right. It's like you can't just you you can't just punt
0: seasons in the middle of your window. Like th- that's the issue. If this was like twenty twenty and they re- weren't really sure, it's kind of the start of everything. All right, whatever. I'm not gonna get that. But it's like it's twenty twenty two. This was this was World Series expectations time, and you and you just did nothing,
5: like especially like waiting for next year too. Like when nothing happened at this deadline, like you have no idea what direction they're going to go in. Where at you're, least like if they're to. trying to make some moves now, you can see like, all right, this is kind of what we wanted to do. It didn't work out. We made the offers, but it's like. When nothing happens and they're not in the news, you're like, well, if they're not going to do it now, what are they going to do next? The- and
3: then just by playing in the Central, you're automatic contenders at this
4: point, yeah. too. So right. they can and get away with huge. it.
5: It's a huge boost. You're Which is be playing like a, probably
0: like, why they did it the way they did it. They probably just said, "Ah, we can get away with it, and it's fine, or whatever. Tevi, so I think you're on mute. I see you talking, but you're not saying
1: I was. <laughs> there we <are>. go. <laughs> I didn't want to burp in your ear. I was trying to be nice. No, I'm just... I'm looking at their active roster. It's insane. They have one left-handed bat and, like, what, two switch hitters? Yeah. One left-handed bat and two switches. Yeah. They also have AJ Pollock, which I forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> my heart. I mean... But, like, it's exactly. not a bad roster. Like, Abreu, yeah. Anderson, Engel, like, Hendricks, Kelly, I mean, uh, Cueto, uh, you know. But, like, they have... They have... I mean, Grandall is... They have... They have a playable roster. It's just
2: Lazisai cease narrative is coming true, and the gods are punishing them. The, <laughs> yes, I, yeah. What, I mean, the, it's we, like that
0: little what? What's the like the what's the meme where it's like, what did you? What did it cost everything? Like, I got my size cease narrative, but it cost me the rest of the. That's like
2: the, the scourge yeah. of every and baseball they, fan. Honestly, ever. They're so poorly managed. Help they me, Shane
3: McClanahan. You're my only hope. Don't Tony, you dare! I need this. Size managing more than the
2: White else. Sox is a lot like Jimmy Carter being president now. But, but
1: like, but how do you only have <laughs> one? Okay, left but what about hat? this? How? What if That's we the trade issue.
3: the number one prospect in the White Sox system and Larusa to the Rays for Kevin Cash? Would that solve everything?
1: I would do that to you as yeah, long as you don't as long as you don't put Austin Barnes in as a pension, <laughs> you'll find <laughs> it's just like
0: so like at the end, so, so what it comes down to at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you have three left-handed bats in the lineup, two switch hitters, one left hand, but Gavin Sheets isn't a true left-handed bat. Yeah. you don't have a lot of left-handed options. Like AJ Pollock, they brought in. And the rationale, which I agreed with at the time, was he hits right-hander as well. You don't necessarily yeah. just need left-handed bats.
1: You need people you need who hit, yeah. You exactly. guy,
0: guys that hit, hit right-hander as well. And he hasn't been doing that either, so it's like when it comes down to it, yeah, sure, maybe they get a Jack Peterson, like a true platoon guy, at the trade deadline, or they get a David Peralta, another yeah. true platoon. But it, but it Pollock is fix... a platoon
1: guy, like he—that's what he did for the Dodgers.
0: Right, but he's like either way, he's had good splits against both righties and lefties, so it's like yeah, yeah, you yeah, shouldn't should. have to treat him as a platoon guy. Yeah, but even if you got that platoon guy that you're missing right now, it, it wasn't going to change the crux of the issues with the team. That the and I think. And my only rationale for kind of who I can, I mean, maybe it's the bias, but who I can, like some of the true losers of the deadline is the only rationale I can see for this team in Rakan and, and company was, listen, we're just not going to, we don't like the prices on these guys that, that we're looking at we'll see what we get this year. And then we might just have to rethink this whole thing in the offseason. We might have to trade an Eli Jimenez in the offseason. We might have to uh, think yeah. about moving on from Tim Anderson and trying to see if we can move him elsewhere.
4: We might have to say, yeah.
0: trade a big name from this core, retool the core and, and figure it out from there. Like that's where yeah. it, it may make more sense six months from now, but it, it'll still be the question of you, you still shouldn't punt in the middle of a, contention window
2: i say yeah, this team needs getting... airman mercedes back <laughs> yeah I'll i say, like I, did, getting,
1: I did i did just getting
4: to the point where oh okay where i was gonna All say right, I was, I'll, I'll go i was saying you go you go you go no you got oh
3: my problem i'm
0: six people on this <laughs> i know
4: i'm trying to find my windows i can't I, I, i'll just i'll just finish it up right here i was gonna say i feel like you're getting to the point where they really went all in on this court, which was smart because their farm system was, impe- was like incredible. When back in 2018, you look at those teams, mm-hmm. uh, you look at those farms, they were unbelievable. But now you're to the point where you know more about these players. And it, it's getting to the point where, you know, I, I think a lot of this is in the coaching. I think a lot of this is in like how they want the, these players to approach these play appearances. But they have a type. 100%. I mean, you look at these guys they have the highest chase percentage in baseball. And that's not just that, that, you know, that, that, that ripples out. I mean, Tim Anderson, Eloy, Robert, these guys swing at everything outside the strike zone. And I mean, they're still good players because of it, but you know, the, they, these have, they have drawbacks and, you know, we've obviously seen how that's affected them this year. Um, Maybe it'll get better. You know, it's certainly possible. I I think this team is still well within the uh, contention for the AL central, but you know, you're getting to the point where you have to consider kind of how you want to approach this core that you really went all in on because, you know, it, it's, you're never going to get like call everyone up and that's it. That's going to be the team that takes you to the World Series. There's always going to be tweaks here and there. There's always going to be sacrifices. There's always going to be guys you're going to get that are surprising. You know, there, there's always that level of uncertainty that, that kind of takes you to the promised land. And that's kind of what, uh, that's basically the, the, they're, they're, the, you know, they're reaching that breaking point where they're going to need to start evaluating that. More intelligently, or at least more than they have already.
0: It's a very interesting team to where you look at, I mean, for the most part, every single team kind of did what we assumed they would do at the break. Teams that stood pat, teams that went and bought, teams that went and sold, like everyone kind of did what we expected, except for the White Sox, really. Maybe the Cubs didn't sell off as maybe teams didn't sell off as much. Maybe teams didn't buy yeah. as much. They're but directionally, everyone picked the lane we expected. Exactly, and it felt like except for the socks at the end of the day, and I think there was frustration expressed by the front office. Don't get me wrong, but you still got there in charge, you, you yeah. got to execute yeah. in some form or fashion. You have to execute when it, at the end of the day, yeah.
1: Well, mm-hmm. the thing I was looking up, I was going to see how long Tony Larusa's contract was, it's three for. years. Like, well, but when I did Tony Larusa, it auto Tony Relu- Tony Larusa asleep, Tony Larusa <laughs> La sleeping yes. in dugout, and I was just oh, like, Oh my lord, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh,
0: Google Trends, beautiful thing.
1: <laughs> what a what a what a joy! Year two of three, only one more.
2: And then so, and then everyone's not going to be under contract anymore. Yeah, and then you got to worry about well, you,
4: you've missed part of the core. They gave so, so many of their guys extensions. I mean, it is ridiculous. You look. They at did that. give
0: a lot of extensions, so it kind of helps. But like Grandal, Abreu, yeah. Gallito, to it's an extent, to be old. Like this was the three years i like, 2020 was, 2021 was fun, underachieved. 2022, I
4: have not had fun watching. I
1: mean, are they, are they yeah, a no. 500 team if they're not in the central?
4: No. No. <laughs> Absolutely they they're, they're, they they I don't think they would be, but they wouldn't be like significantly under either. No, it's just, like,
0: yeah. This seems just not, it, it's not fun for fans to watch currently, which is probably the most frustrating aspect. You can underachieve and still be fun. Do you think this they is, could
2: still sign no. Michael Jordan?
0: <laughs> yeah. Let, let's see what would happen. If
1: they
4: get him
1: some, what is it, the juice? yeah Secret get stuff. Exactly. stuff. Exactly, oh, yeah. Secret Stuff, that's what it was.
4: Last uh, year, I mean, you look at, like, last year when they made the playoffs, it felt like they didn't have the legs to compete with, like, the Astros or, like, who they were going to shape or match up against. But, I mean, like, you look back on that now and you're like, like, I would have taken a much different stance. I would have been like, you know, anything can happen because if you look at this team, it's worlds mm-hmm. different. From right. last year, last year their team stats were phenomenal, and most first—I pers- mean, they were really injured. You know, you gotta, you gotta throw that in there. But they were, they were still performing really well as a team, and it, it reflects that more than in the record um, alone. But you know, and now it's just—it's it's world's different. And it may it puts things into perspective more.
3: Last year, I thought they were going to the World Series. We've talked the post- about the I White thought they'd Star get bounced
4: by Houston. I—I I, I was pretty
3: sure, but
2: okay, we have to check. We have to check baseball news.
3: Oh, we do? Vin and, and and Scully else doing, like, passed away. No. no, 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 no.
2: Oh, no.
4: What? Oh, what? No. what? Oh, my God.
3: That's <sighs> oh. Oh. Oh, man, that oh. Oh. No. Wow.
4: Oh. oh, man, that is a killer. No. That is a killer.
1: No. I genuinely thought you were joking.
0: Yeah, for those who may not have caught that, um oh. Vince. Passed away, according to <clears throat> excuse me, Robert Murray.
4: Um, well, Dodgers tweeted out, and the Dodgers
0: yeah. tweeted out as well. Okay, yeah. so the Dodgers well, no, tweeted out as
1: well three minutes so,
4: ago. Man, that so, is a killer. wow,
1: yeah. God, i He is the reason why I'm a Dodgers fan.
4: He's the reason why everyone's a baseball fan. Let's be honest, it's some <laughs> yeah. some factor. He plays yeah. he some is factor. He's the single best broadcaster yeah. to ever to ever. Leave. No,
1: yeah. I I. Yeah. I had this, I had had a leatherworking business and I just got so sick of podcasts. I just put on the games and he just, I'd always liked baseball. I played softball growing up, you know, Braves Cubs were always in my life, but like I, you know, he talked about the cotton candy skies and like,
4: he made it (laughs) magical.
1: He, yeah. he, and I remember because I listened for a long time before I actually made it to Dodger Stadium, and I I walked in and I was like, "That's the guy that Vin was talking about," you know. Um, and I love the players instantly because of who who he made them be. Oh my god! Oh His my final well, send off, well, not only in,
3: that,
4: but in, like, late twenty sixteen was like so so him. It was like so <sighs> everything he was. It was like perfect. I would listen to that for like years after he said it, it was it was that good.
3: Every game. He called, you do three innings on the radio. If you go to Dodger Stadium during that time, everyone, first inning, busts out their radio, turns it on, and you just kind of watch the game live and listen to Vin call it. It was beautiful. It's perfect. It's what baseball is at its purest. And I will always cherish those days. I really will. But I do have Hello, a quick anecdote Here we go. <laughs> I was going to say, um, Dad. We used to have top-deck season tickets, and Steve Lyons would come visit some of the people who had season tickets up there. So if you remember, he did For the Love of the Game with Vince Scully.
1: That's so the show um, I was trying to think of. Yeah.
3: My dad goes to talk to Steve Lyons one day, and he doesn't ask him like any baseball questions about his career or the team because he was calling games for the Dodgers at the time. He t- talks to him about For the Love of the Game. And he asked, he's like, hey... Was there a script for the game, like when you were calling it or anything? And Steve says, no, that was Vin Scully through and through. Everything he said was just pure off the cuff, like he's calling a baseball game. And that was poetic towards the end of the movie, knowing that it was his words, not a screenwriter's. It was Vin Scully's words. And I think that just kind of summarizes it better than anything. Mm-hmm.
0: I think when you think about it, if you were to poll just—I mean, any general baseball fan, not even just Dodgers fans—just what Vince Scully means to them. If you probably ask some broadcasters why they got into the game, like I guarantee at least a handful of them, if not much, much more, will say some sort of story regarding listening to Vince Scully or, or seeing what Vince Scully had to say about a baseball game. I think the impact he has had is only going to be shown more in kind of what we hear over the coming days and weeks um, as this news sorts of spreads and people um, people get to reflect more on the situation. Um, but I, th- I, I can't imagine there are too many baseball fans who don't have at least some sort of thing that made them connect with Vince Scully or something that they appreciate about the way he called games or the way he just appreciated baseball in general um and and I think you know it, it's hard for us to when you do a podcast to react to something that shocking live yeah and I don't expect anyone to have the right frame of mind nor the right words especially two Dodgers fans who <laughs> grew up listening to him the people who would if we were to do this two three days from now might have some words but at this point I mean there's nothing you can say that really handles the situation and and handles what Vince Scully means to Dodgers fans, to baseball accurately, or or in a way that does justice to the person Vince Scully is. Um, And I'm sure this is something that you'll see articles, you'll see tweets, Facebook posts, whatever. You'll see plenty of, love and appreciation over the coming days for Vince Scully. And it's, like I said, it's hard to react live to something like that. And it's just devastating news for the Dodgers family, baseball family in general. Um, And it's a somber way to end a podcast, but I, I think, and I hope that as we continue to do things, as days continue, that people will, pour their hearts out in terms of what Vince Scully has meant to them. And and I trust that, you know, we have a place with podcasts. We have a place with articles. We will continue to hear the Vince Scully stories. And I hope you all take the opportunity over the coming days, weeks, as more come out to reflect on them, add your own as baseball fans, as baseball writers, as people who have a passion for broadcasting in general. Um, And I think that's really the only proper way to handle something of this magnitude in in such an unexpected way for all of us. Um, So that will do it for us. We started with the trade deadline and and I think it's more fitting that we kind of just end here and say, rest in peace to Vince Scully. A
1: a very pleasant evening to you wherever you may be.
0: Yes. (laughs) Tevi, thank you for joining us for the first time. Sam, Stephen, Joe, Joseph. Jordan Zowski signing off. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks as always for your support. percent less crying
1: from me next time.
0: <laughs> but I, I, I do appreciate the live going. reaction. But also, it, it's tough to handle something like this. So thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you soon. And, and like we said, rest in peace, Vince Collier. Take care, everyone.